The following podcast is a Dear Media production. From the offices of Create and Cultivate, I'm Jacqueline Johnson, the host of Work Party, a podcast for ambitious women looking to create and cultivate the career of their dreams. Work Party is paving the way for a new generation of women, women who are redefining the meaning of work on their own terms. Every Wednesday, we bring in leading female powerhouses for real talk and BS-free advice on building your business. You'll hear from female founders, CEOs, entrepreneurs, creatives, and so many other badass ladies. Are you ready to create and cultivate the career of your dreams? Then tune into Work Party, the podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the show and never miss an episode. Hi, everyone. I'm Haley Hubbard, mom to three kids and wife to a touring artist. And I'm Jessica Diamond, a registered dietitian nutritionist with a master's in public health. And this is Meaningful Living. Every week, we're breaking down the overwhelming amount of parenting, nutrition, and lifestyle information into credible knowledge and simple tools. The Cliff Notes Guide to Feeling Confident in Your Everyday Choices. It takes a village. We're so excited to share ours with you. Today, we're talking to Miles and Vanessa Adcox. They're some of our best friends and have had such a lasting impact on our life. And we're so excited to share their knowledge and wisdom with you. You've heard me talk about OnSite so much because it's actually changed mine and Tyler's life. And Miles and Vanessa are the owners of OnSite. OnSite is an internationally known therapeutic and personal growth workshop center. Put simply, OnSite is a place where Tyler and I have done the most impactful therapy we've ever done. It's where we dig deep, we learn about each other and ourselves, and we grow each year. And it's given us the tools to navigate these past couple of years that have been so challenging, not just for us, but for everybody. Miles is a communication and mental health advisor to so many, but also the entertainment industry, providing coaching and support for those in need. He's always giving, basically, if there's a crisis or someone in need, Miles is there to help. He's everyone's go-to. Vanessa is a mom to their two kids. She's an actress and is one of those people that just lights up the room with her honesty, her humor, beauty, and bubbly personality. So today we're bringing you a vulnerable conversation about handling life's ups and downs from our relationships to boundaries with family and friends and kids to navigating anxiety and the stress that comes with the holidays. We cover it all in this one. You'll leave feeling inspired with new tools to live a healthier and happier life. It's such a good episode. So if you enjoy, please share this episode with your friends and family. You're our village and we're so grateful for you. And we just want to spread this with all that we can. So here's Miles and Vanessa. It's so fun getting to chat with some of our favorite people. Miles and Vanessa, for those listening, are some of our very best friends that we love and respect so much. I can't wait for you guys to get to know them. They are parents with us. They have two kids and they're leaders in our community and in the mental health space, Miles. And uh, we just got back from a trip from Italy together, which was the best thing ever. And so we're so happy to have you two on our podcast. You both inspire us and you make me a better person for sure. Thank you. Thank you you so much much for having us. We're honored to be a part of it and excited to lean in and learn with you guys. I love what you've been, obviously anything parenting right now is like, 
just medicine for us. So mm-hmm. we've been enjoying what you've been doing with this podcast and it's been great to learn from you. So thanks for letting us be a part of it. Yeah. Thank you. Well, thank you. It's I've been learning from it too. Every day I'm like, oh good, I needed that. I mean, you guys have changed our life in so many ways with on-site, with our friendship and raising kids together. But it's so cool how you see how many people are affected and impacted by on-site. But what do you think the biggest impact it's had on your marriage together? I think it's made me realize how much more work we need to do with each other. (laughs) No, I mean, we have, it's like the shoemaker's daughter, you know, uh, or children. We don't have, like, we have these amazing tools and resources and then it's just different when we do it. But we, lately, we've, like, when we, we did the coupleship with you and Tyler, we definitely feel like that was the beginning of some, some pretty good healing for us and, and work, at least for me, I'm talking for myself, but I think for both of us, too. Mm-hmm. We, yeah. we, that was a really big, incredible step for us to take that and do that. And it was scary, but it was fun. And it's like, if we don't, if we're not doing our own work, then what good are we to, to share with people, you know, what we're doing, <laughs> what we're all about. And I think that, I mean, you guys, Miles, like you are the go-to advice man, right? Anyone's having a hard time, you're the person people call. And I feel like with that also probably comes just so much pressure, right? Like just navigating kind of that perfectness and no one's perfect. And so I feel like probably a lot of people just assume that you guys have it all together, you know, in life and marriage and parenting. How, how do you balance that? How do you handle that? It is tough having it all together like you do. (laughs) No, we, uh, it it is, it is a tough balance. And uh, I think what has been helpful, you know, is a great question. uh, Both, both, both questions that Jessica, you and Haley ask. And I think, you know, just to back into Haley's helps me bridge into what you ask in that I, I think what has helped me the most in my marriage and our marriage has, it's, it, it has been to do my work every year. Every year I do something, whether it's an individual intensive, some type of immersive experience and onsite. And I think every year, whether I feel like I have something to work on or whether I just have learned, I just deserve to go and have an experience. It's hard to walk away from those experiences without your empathy going up. And I think the more I do it, uh, the more I'm around our process at onsite, uh, the more empathetic I become towards myself. And therefore, I'm better positioned to be empathetic towards my my wife and my partner. And I think we've got a a pretty graceful marriage. We're very human. We bump into each other all the time. And we are, as Vanessa alluded to, we're armed with all the tools, but uh, all the tools don't necessarily mean in stressful circumstances, particularly parenting and all the things that you navigate. They go right out the dang window sometimes. And so we don't often employ them uh, like people might think. Uh, in the moment, but we have access to them. But I think more than anything is we have an opening that when we run into conflict, which we do, and we do conflict, I think, pretty well Mm -hmm. some days. (laughs) But when we run into it, we know at our core that we have a respect for one another and empathy for one another. And I think that's what being around on site in our process has taught me. But, you know, Jesse, what you were saying that I have been, uh, had a front row seat to seeing a lot of people who have influence in a certain area, like pastors, authors, leaders, uh, entertainers, hold up this public persona 
uh, because the world measured them on their achievement and their success and thought they knew them based on that. And I have seen what that pressure can do to people. I've seen it get so heavy that it kind of collapses their ability to prop it up because they don't have permission to be human because they feel like the world wants them to be perfect. And thankfully, having been on the front end of seeing a lot of my you know, friends and uh, clients uh, have painful crashes uh, from trying to carry that burden, it's helped, I think, me uh, be more human in my profession. Uh, I will say the first several years of on-site, I felt that pressure and I still do some, but I felt like there were a lot of eyes on me to, to do life a certain way and to do relationships, leadership, marriage a certain way. But I think in the last probably decade, I've gotten a lot more comfortable being completely transparent, honest, vulnerable about what I'm getting right and, and what I'm struggling with. Mm-hmm. And just letting people into that process, it feels like it gives us more permission to be human, even though we get to lead a great organization like OnSite. Absolutely. And it's that, I think it's that vulnerability that actually connects us as humans more so than idolizing some, you know, famous person that's on a pedestal. Like it's really those vulnerable moments that I think people feel so understood because they feel so much less alone. Like, okay, if if the owner of onsite or if this, like whoever it may be is also suffering or also having a hard time or not doing this perfectly or using the perfect language, whether it's relationships or parents, I think there's so much comfort in that, that we just don't see enough of. And I I love that answer. Yeah. It's always so refreshing to me. You guys, I guess human is the best word. You're so relatable and authentic and just human. And I love that about you, but you also like like she said, you are the go-to person and go-to people for things. Like whenever we're going through things or literally anyone in Nashville, and I'm sure people all over the world text you, but we text you guys, we text you miles and we're like, all right, what, what do we do? And you have the tools and you are very equipped, but it's refreshing that you guys are, are human in that. Thank you. You all know that we love the power of play with our kids. It really just blows our mind how much it builds brain development, so many things, self-esteem. It sets them up for success in life. So we are so excited to share a new free podcast that you and your kids will love, the Once Upon a Playtime podcast. We all know play is essential for our kids' development. But did you realize that it also has a profound impact on who we become as grownups, our personality, our careers, so much, our interests? Play actually builds a solid foundation for success as an adult. And after listening to this podcast, I started to think about my own childhood. And I realized that I used to pretend to be a newscaster with my best friend, Joanna, when I was little. We would film it and we'd take it so seriously. And now to think that I have a podcast and I love breaking down information as a career has me just really realizing that play just had a much bigger impact than I ever imagined. You know, these days, it can be so easy to forget about the importance of having fun and letting our imagination run wild. That's why we've been loving this podcast, Once Upon a Playtime podcast. It's a show for adults and kids about the power of play. Once Upon a Playtime is a podcast from the Genius of Play, a nonprofit initiative that provides families with the latest play research, expert advice, and activities for kids of all ages. From developing empathy to advancing math skills to improving eye-hand coordination, play is so important. 
And Once Upon a Playtime features celebrities and well-known personalities whose adult success was shaped just by their childhood playtime. The interviews are transformed into a story time experience that you can listen to by yourself or with your kids, which is just such a cool concept. The first episode features Nathan Sawaya, who made the journey from lawyer to full-time Lego artist. And he talks about how toys from his childhood just inspired this career that he has. And it's so, so interesting. I'm always looking for educational activities to help keep Bryce stimulated and ideally where he's not glued to a screen and this podcast does it. He's silent throughout the episode, which I'm not going to lie, I love. And then afterwards, it just sparks these cute conversations that he talks about for a couple of days. Just watching his little brain process it is so amazing. We're telling you, tune into Once Upon a Playtime podcast today. You and your kids will love it. Find Once Upon a Playtime where you listen to podcasts. And for more info and full transcripts of each episode, visit thegeniusofplay.org. That's Once Upon a Playtime at geniusofplay.org. If you're a listener of Meaningful Living, then you know that Jess and I are such advocates of therapy. We've shared our own experiences of therapy and counseling and how they've changed our perspectives on so many difficult things in life and given us tools to make us happier and healthier. Sometimes we just need that outside point of view and professional help to help support us in our relationships and get through. So that's why we're talking about Talkspace. Right now, I know so many of us are struggling. There's so many changes going on and it feels like there's a lot of stress and anxiety with the holidays and new year that so many don't talk about it and Talkspace is here to help. Talkspace is a private, safe, convenient, and much more affordable way to access therapy. They connect you with a licensed therapist and make it so, so easy to match with a licensed therapist and schedule live video sessions all from the comfort of your device. And you can start messaging your therapist the same day you sign up. It's pretty incredible. And Talkspace is ready to help you start feeling better with a single message. They offer it all, individual and couples therapy, medication prescription services, and therapists who specialize in everything from anxiety, depression, to life changes and relationships. And they work around your schedule with live video sessions and unlimited messages with your dedicated therapist. It's pretty incredible and such a good thing to check out as we're heading into the holidays and new year. If you need a little support to help you through the end of the year, or you want to start building towards a better upcoming year, Talkspace is here to help. Match with a licensed therapist when you go to Talkspace.com and get $100 off your first month with the promo code LIVING. That's $100 off when you use the code living at Talkspace.com. Now let's get back to our episode. Vanessa, I guess this is just a natural question to go afterwards, but being a spouse to someone that is in the spotlight comes with a lot of job responsibilities and, and also, I guess, pressure. Maybe pressure is not the word, but what are ways that you guys stay connected to each other. Obviously, you both have very busy lives and you've got two little kids. So how do you guys, what are ways you stay connected? I think that one of the biggest ways that we stay connected is is just communicating and mostly communicating about our parenting right now. I know that I feel the most connected to Miles when he and I are sharing our struggles with parenting and sharing our joys or excitement and And as long as we keep talking about it and sharing about it, especially the stuff that we're struggling with, I just feel so much more connected. I don't feel as alone in, you know, raising the kids. Sometimes it can feel so 
lonely when you're at home with two kids and they're, you know, really young and, and he, and Miles is working and then, and he comes home and I'm excited to talk about, you know, the day and and he's tired. And I think, and tired of talking and tired of helping because that's, you know, a daily thing for him. So I think that as long as we're communicating and even if it's just like a quick conversation, I feel really connected when we do that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's one of the biggest things for us more than anything. I can definitely relate to that. I think you were about ready to, or you guys. Well, I was also going to say one more thing that we haven't been very good at doing, but we've been trying and going to Italy was a huge part of it. And we also realized this in therapy in the couples therapy retreat that we need to take time together and the kids are going to be okay. If we're gone for a few days, they're still going to love us. They're not going to be mad at us. They're going to be mad when we leave, but it's so much better for us. And we connect so well when we're alone and we realize, oh, wow, we actually really like each other. <laughs> you know, aside from having the kids and life is crazy. So I think that the most important thing that I'm trying to really make an effort at is planning more trips with friends or just the two of us, or even just night, like a night by ourselves, which sometimes we just kind of don't want to do it. Right. I don't know why tired. we're like, Oh, it's, but we we're do tired. It. Right. Yeah. Feels good. Tired and worn out. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was going to say you were, I thought you were generous in your answer to the question, Haley's question. And that, um, I don't know. I feel like I can be, it can be difficult sometimes. Uh, I know it's been difficult on us at times and where, you know, my job can be public and it can be heavy mm-hmm. and it can be a lot of pressure. And so I do bring that home sometimes mm-hmm. as much as I'd like to not. And I've got a lot of tools and, and, and implement them. And I'm, I'm proud of being able to have improved in that area so that I don't carry that home all the time and I'm not distracted, but I am still at times. It just kind of comes with the territory. And I think for the first parts of our relationship, that really was hard. It was really hard. Hard on you and hard on us. And I didn't do the best job communicating when I walked in the door from a heavy day and, and, or I had a, a mountain of responsibility, you know, sitting on my phone and, and you were wanting presence and deserve presence. I often didn't do the best job communicating. And so it was easy. I would make up. It's very easy for that to feel personal Mm -hmm. because you didn't know what was going on and you're an empath anyway, you're really sensitive. And so I, you know, I think in the first part of our marriage, you used to take a lot of that on Mm -hmm. and I didn't do a good job carrying that or taking it off of you. I think now we've definitely worked through a lot of it. Yeah. Cause I definitely had a lot of resentments built up and yeah. anger. And yeah. So thanks for reminding me about that. Yeah. I was thinking, <laughs> you would jump right in and say, I, I, I was going to wait a little to get to that part. <laughs> he is very hard to be married to, but I love him. Um, <laughs> You're like, but I was I'm just going to let you say it. <laughs> so. But we've got, we've, I would say we've, we've come a long way yeah. on that. And I've gotten so much better at, being able to park it at the door and come in and, and try to be present, but yeah. it's, it's not easy. And then when I don't, I tell you about that. Mm-hmm. And I know now you've, you're so good at helping give me space mm-hmm. uh, on a hard day. And we're very different, which is kind of nice. I think in the beginning of our marriage, you hear that, that being different is good, but it also can be tough. It's like, who did I marry? She an alien? What is this person in my house? And uh, so we kept bumping into each other, I would say, with our differences and not really uh, 
I would say, elevating the importance of who we both are as individuals. And we kept trying to, I wanted her to be me and she wanted me to be her and vice versa. But I think we've grown to where we're really valuing our differences. And one of the things I love about you is, is I can be serious and contemplative and, and you can be really just, (laughs) when I come home, she's kind of floating around the house and like a little gypsy and she's completely in her own world care less about what I'm doing or what I've done for the day. And that's so refreshing at times. I'd say we've learned to lean into each other's strengths a bit more. And accept them and not try to change them. I think that was a big thing. I was trying to change Miles for so long. And I remember someone saying to me, Miles was that way when you met him. Why do you think he's, he's not going to change? Like I had these visions, like he's going to show up at the airport and he's going to be he's going to be able to break all TSA rules and be like right there. When I get off the airplane, he's going to run and I'm going to jump into his arms. He's going to swing me around. I mean, I literally had these ideas that he would do this forever. And and like every time they didn't happen, disappointment, disappointment. But what I've learned is for one, that's not miles. And then he did do it one time and I was like, what is happening? (laughs) But yeah, I think just accepting and, and like loving him for who he is and the way he is. Cause there's so many amazing parts of him, you know, it, it doesn't just have to be the, the way he picks me up at the airport that makes it all worth it. But accepting each other, I think has been, cause we are very different, but we also are alike in the way of most couples have like one person who's very structured and the other one who's like Lucy, you know, I think that we're both a little <laughs> bit on the not so structured kind of place. And I know that's something that I'm working on because I would like to be more structured. That's why we have friends like Haley, Haley. Yeah, I was going to say you've got a, you've got some structured <laughs> friends around. We would you. never go on a vacation in our adult lives. Exactly. We would just talk about them, but never plan them. Yeah, then so we got great friends. Yeah, plan good vacations. They help us and push us to do things. <laughs> I oh, and you help me be more fun. Oh, well, there we. That's what, and that's what's the importance of having friendships, right? Like, yeah. I get a lot from you that I don't get from Miles. You know, but <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> and I, I would I would share too, just you know, because that's. That sounds like such, and I don't want it to feel that way, such a um, traditional, like, of course, you accept one another and you, you grow and understand, have empathy on each other's differences. We, we've got completely different personality styles, but also completely different attachment styles yes. from what we grew up with. And she was alluding to it that she is a person whose love language is touch. I'm a words of affirmation guy. We didn't do a lot of that touchy-feely stuff in my family. She did a lot of that touchy-feely stuff in her family. So we're trying to meet each other's needs sometimes has been just a, a real ch- human challenge. Mm-hmm. But I think the acceptance part has been the most important part, but also understand if somebody's listening to this, that we've got those tools and we may hit it out of the park 80% of those the time just by making an effort, but there's still the 20% where we come home and we don't do any of that really well. So it's yeah. a very humbling process. Yes, it is. But I think the repair is the thing. To circle back to onsite is that's one of the biggest things I ever learned from onsite and miles is it's okay to argue and it's okay to have fights, disagreements, and it's okay to get to a point where you don't even want to be in the same room as each other. But the repair is so important. And I think that it took me a long time. Miles was very good at that. I, it, it took me a long time, like very stubborn, egotistical, long time to get to a point where I could just put it all behind me and just say, okay, let's look at this. And the repair is just That's hard. It's hard. We, I didn't grow up learning that very well. 
And so I think that was such a learned process. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's something we've adopted through Onsite actually that we talk about a lot on the podcast is that it's all about the repair and it's so good for our kids to see that. And I think that's where like real growth happens, right? Like if everything is so perfect all the time and we're not arguing and like, we don't know how to kind of be sloppy and then come back together and repair it. Like that deep connection doesn't then happen, right? It's just so much more superficial. I never saw my parents fight growing up. Like I thought everything was perfect. So I think that I, I thought if you fight, you, you break up or you get divorced. And (laughs) I've learned obviously that you, you can have pretty big arguments, pretty big fights. And we've fought in front of the kids and, and try not to, but Miles will sit down we'll sit down with the kids and say, mommy and daddy had a, you know, we were upset with each other and just talking to them to explain to them mm-hmm. what just happened because they're such little sponges and they don't understand. So yeah. they need to hear that. So I think that's another thing that we've, we've been doing a lot better at that too. I love that you just said that because actually we just talked about that in our last podcast, how important it is to sit down with our kids and have the uncomfortable conversations that we're like, oh, do we really need to do that? But like, that is so huge for them. Totally. And you guys made such good points earlier about, I I think we all can relate to one spouse coming home, having just a long day at work and you know, we, uh, Tyler and I have had lots of days where we don't communicate well. And I'm like, are you mad at me? What are you, what's your deal? <laughs> or vice versa. And, uh, it's just a, a good reminder for me to be more communicative. Definitely. Now let's take a quick break to talk about Joybird. You know, we're so influenced by our surroundings and having an organized and designed home just helps us thrive. When our home feels good, we feel organized and calm and so much more inspired in life. So we're so excited to have Joybird as a sponsor. They have such amazing, customizable, modern furniture for literally every space. And because you're a listener of the show, we've got an amazing discount code for you. And get ready for Joybird's holiday sale. Joybird's customizable furniture is available in a variety of amazing and durable, keyword durable, fabric options. The look and quality is amazing, and each piece is made with incredible care using responsibly sourced materials free of harmful chemicals because they're committed to quality and a more sustainable future. I've been eyeing their Florence Sideboard. It's such a cute storage cabinet where I can hide all the toys and stuff I don't want in plain sight, and I'll be getting that as a holiday treat for myself with our discount. You all know one thing that we need is easy and Joybird makes furniture shopping so easy and fun. They have over 18,000 customization options, but you can also browse curated collections because I am so the person that needs to see it together to visualize it. And they have virtual showroom appointments so you can chat with a showroom specialist from home, which has been such a game changer. Through partnerships with groups like One Tree Planted, Joybird is helping conserve and restore Earth's most precious natural resources quality craftsmanship, stain and scratch resistant fabrics, and limited lifetime warranty. Joybird Furniture can handle anything your family throws at it, literally. They have 90-day returns because Joybird stands by its quality and craftsmanship. If it's not everything you would hope for, send it back. Create a space that brings you joy with Joybird. Visit joybird.com living and get 30% off your purchase. That's 30% off at joybird.com living. Organization is always a common theme around here because I don't know if you're like us, but when we're not organized, just 
the chaos of life takes over and heading into the new year, we are more motivated than ever to just clean up our life. The monthly subscriptions I've purchased and currently have are out of control. And most of them I could have sworn I canceled, but realized once I started using Truebill, I hadn't. So if you're like me and suffering from way too many subscription syndrome, there's a way out, I promise. Let Truebill do the work for you and set you free. Truebill is a new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, you don't want, or you just simply forgot about. Listen to this because when I heard it, it actually blew my mind. Average users save $720 a year. Yes, that's $720 a year using Truebill, which is unbelievable. Because companies actually make it really hard to cancel subscription, Truebill makes it incredibly simple to find all your subscriptions and cancel them in one place. All you do is link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And Truebill Concierge is there when you just need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions. You don't have to. It's a literal dream come true, I promise. In a matter of minutes, I saved over $500 for the year since starting to use Truebill, which I'm slightly embarrassed about. I'm not going to lie, but it makes me realize I do not know how I didn't know about them sooner. I love Truebill and know you will too. Truebill has over 2 million users and helps save over $100 million. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at truebill.com slash living. Go right now, truebill.com slash living. It could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash living. Now let's get back to our conversation. So we want to go into just anxieties, eating disorders, the holidays. I think right now there is so much anxiety floating all around. I think just heading into the holidays and the difference between this year and last year. So we really want to tackle that. Mm -hmm. And Vanessa, I know you and I have talked about anxiety together, especially after having babies. What's been your experience with anxiety? Like when did it start? I feel like I'm just now starting to have lots of anxiety in my life. I'm like, where did this come from? How do I deal with it? And how how do you cope with it? And how did you cope with it? It's a really good question. Well, I've learned through a lot of my own work that I've I've just I've struggled with anxiety for a lot longer than I thought. Growing up, I I think that what I thought might have been something else was actually anxiety. And it was a lot of situational, circumstantial. I mean, like I said, I came from a great family that didn't fight, but that also can lead to a lot of other things. My mom and dad just did the best they could. They loved us so much. I got into acting when I was really young. And I think that it had a huge part in a lot of my issues. Um, I became anorexic, bulimic, all of it when I was 15 I was on a TV show and I kept losing weight and I kept being told how good I looked. So I just kept saying, hearing, oh, you look so good. And so I thought, oh, well, I just have to keep getting skinnier and skinnier and skinnier. And mm-hmm. you also, when you were in auditions. Oh, um, that's, that's another thing I'll, I'll touch on. Yeah. So, and rejection. Mm-hmm. So going on auditions and being rejected every day, pretty much of your life, being told you're too skinny, you're too fat, you're too this, you're too that, you're not this, you're not that. It starts to wear on you. And it also creates a pretty tough shell, I think, but it's exhausting. And there's just been times where I would just be like, I just give up. Like, how can they not see that I could easily be that if they wanted me to be? It's like, change your hair, lose some weight, gain some weight, whatever. But I think all that pressure on me my whole life just 
and always putting my value is very much so wrapped up in, in what I did for, for work. And if I wasn't working, which was a lot of the time, because actors don't work all the time, unless you're Leonardo DiCaprio, you're, you're kind of just at somebody else's, you're just hoping someone's going to give you a job. So lots and lots of anxiety from that. And, and then I think when I moved to Nashville and met Miles, something became so soft in my body. Like, I, I don't know how to explain it other than I felt like I didn't have to, I was no longer under this pressure that I had to do this. I had to be this way. And I still feel it the minute I get off the airplane in California. I mean, it's like a hustle feeling. It's a, I'm still, I'm too old now. I'm too this. I'm, and there's a whole bunch of new, you know, words I tell myself, but I came here and kind of took a little bit of a break, I would say from even auditioning and doing all that. And then we got married and had kids. And when that happened, I developed a whole new type of anxiety. It was just the fears of what if this happens to my kids? What if this happens? What if, what if it's like, why are you worrying about something that's not even like a what if right now? It's not even anything. It's just, I could go down this rabbit hole of making up crazy stories or especially with onsite, seeing a lot of what people have been through there with loss or trauma or whatever, I have this, I immediately put myself in their shoes and start thinking that could be me. That could happen. That could happen to us. And then it just takes me down another rabbit hole. So I think that a lot of what I try to do now is just like, I talk to Miles about it where I'll, I'll try to bring it up as much as I can. Sometimes I hold it in, but the, the anxiety is still there and it can get heightened. Like I, I think I mentioned to you, Haley, before we flew to Italy. I almost can't, I almost canceled that trip. I was ready to just be done. So now uh, my anxiety is just sort of something I live with. We labeled it. You can just say my anxiety, or you can, it, it doesn't have to define you. You don't, you just, cause you have anxiety does not mean, you know, this, this, or this. It's definitely a battle continuously, like something that just doesn't go away. And just like with an eating disorder, I'm not practicing in, I'm not in the eating disorder right now. It's always there in my head, but having a, a husband who doesn't look at my body all the time, he, I'm sure he looks at my body, but doesn't just, it's not like, Oh, you have the greatest butt or Oh, this or Oh, that, which is what I grew up like thinking I wanted to hear from men, from friends, from anybody. Miles was more about my mind. My, it, there was just so much more and it really helped me move away from the body image stuff and put way less focus on it. Like I, I, I feel way more confident in myself, my body, and I definitely have miles to thank for that. First of all, thank you for being so open with that. Like you and Haley have just been open about eating disorders. And I can tell you from where I sit and what I see is that almost every adult, honestly, has some degree of disordered eating on some sort of spectrum. And I think there's so much ingrained in our culture that just propels that. There's so much diet culture all around, right? Whether we're complimenting on the way that we look, like you were saying in acting, or when we're commenting on being bad for what we eat, when we have good foods, when we have bad foods, there's so much stuff. And I think heading into the holidays is just a time when eating disorder, disordered eating just goes rampant because it's, it's a lot, right? We're getting, we can't protect ourselves from comments that other people make about us. We can't protect our kids from comments that other people are saying about food. So do you have any 
simple tips for anyone that's struggling during the holidays? Is there anything that you do that helps when you're navigating history of an eating disorder or wanting to do it differently with your kids in that situation? It's a hard one because I, I, my biggest fear is passing my eating disorder along to my kids. It's probably one of the biggest struggles for me in our marriage, in our house is food. And I think because for so long I went with like, food is not a necessity to me. I need it to survive. I need it to be okay. But so I'm always anxious about the food thing. And when it comes to the, to the holidays, I don't even like, I honestly can't even like, I think I don't eat that much during the holidays, but I try to just eat healthy. And I feel like I don't have very good advice on this. <laughs> I'm not, a, I'm the worst. I'm, t- I'm still, if you're going to, the food thing is, it's something I've been wanting to talk to you, Jessica, about for so long. I was going to say, uh, I can help you. Like I yes. see all this pain. I can, I, I can help you with this. I feel so much shame around food. I feel so much shame around the food that doesn't get prepared in our home, the food that I wish I could make, the food that I, my kids don't want to eat, the food, there's like nothing that they want to eat. And I worry about them because I just want them to be normal. And I don't mean to say normal, like I just want them to be healthy and happy and try food. And I kind of have shut down with food. I just, I mean, I know Miles can tell you that it's, it's a tough one for me. Well, I'm, I think that I'm so glad you said that because there are so many people listening that feel the exact same way. Vanessa, we'll dive into that. Like, let's, let's set up a time, whether we do a podcast, whether we do it one-on-one, like I will help you with all of that because I think so much that fear of not passing it down, sometimes it then puts so much pressure where we then start to do things that we then feel shame about. And there's just all this stuff wrapped up. So I'm here to help so much miles would be forever thankful for that and yeah i definitely need something to work on well and all of that just creates so much more anxiety i mean for me personally i'm speaking on behalf of myself but i'm like oh my gosh i haven't meal planned for today i have i don't even know what we're having for dinner and it's 5 30 <laughs> like oh then there goes my anxiety and it's just like this the spiral especially when the kids are this young because your hands are kind of tied. You're, you're trying to watch them before dinner and somehow get dinner ready. And it's just, it's just a lot. So hard. It's a lot. Miles, I have a question for you then about just anxiety in in general. I think one of the best ways that we can kind of manage that, I would say there's a lot of complex things that come up around the holidays, right? We're going back to a lot of people go back to like their child homes and this year is different than previous years. I think there's a lot of like this FOMO per se, like last year wasn't the same way that the holidays have always looked. And there's just all these new pressures. But I think with that comes just so much anxiety, relationship, conflict between you and your spouse. And on top of that, wanting to hold boundaries. So let's, let's dive into that a little bit. Number one, if someone is feeling really anxious about the holidays, what, what do you recommend? I would first validate the experience. It, it stress is a universal condition. Anxiety is something that everybody seems to be navigating. It is true that it's up. However, I think we've got an opportunity right now that we've never had as humanity. I'm really excited about it to come out of this thing better than we came into it. Because historically, we were divided into two camps, relationships, families, friends, communities, churches. 
You've got the people who have it together and the people who struggle. Well, the playing field has been leveled and it seems like everybody can relate to struggle. And that's a good thing. It doesn't feel good because we're in the messy middle. It feels overwhelming and flooded, but it's, it's a good thing. So I would say if you're going to a family system or a holiday to where I feel anxiety, which means I feel like an outsider because my family's not a space where we talk about this kind of thing. My guess is there's going to be an opening. I'm seeing more openings, even in people who have not talked about therapy, counseling, stress, anxiety, to have the conversation. And so I would just encourage this would be the year to take a risk and share about it and talk about it. Be careful because you, you, you know the people you're, you're to. So there are some people that a risk is, should be calculated. <laughs> you know some people are just probably not gonna be able to hold that space. But the number one thing we see in supporting people navigating anxiety to get their feet on the ground is simply to share their truth, ideally with someone who can hold it versus try to advise it or fix it. Because ultimately we want, we want our experience validated. That alone lowers our ambient stress. And one more quick story. I, I've, you can tell I've got a lot to say about this <laughs> question. I'm passionate about it. But this one kind of actually reflects on something we talked about earlier about talking to talking to our kids. But this morning, I haven't shared this with you yet, but this morning, uh, it was just kind of a, it was a shit show around the house. You know, was the, we woke up and the kids were, they both slept pretty good. Well, Bert, you know, they were, in, they were just found. They were up and down, but they woke up and they were both in a mood yeah. and we were kind of on a tighter timeline. We were trying to get my son off to school. I was out the door earlier than I normally am to meetings. And it was just a lot going on. We were fixing lunch boxes, doing breakfast. Well, it's probably just a typical morning, but for whatever reason, before, but no. this morning it felt different. Mm -hmm. And my son protested the minute he got it out of bed that he wasn't doing school today. He's let, just, let's just get clear about this. We're not doing school. I don't want to go to school. I don't ever want to go to that school again. I want a new school. <laughs> and that conversation is not abnormal. We've had that before. But for whatever reason this morning, it felt escalated. He really was digging his heels in to the point where I ran and jumped into the shower. And by the time I got out of the shower, it was time for me to get out the door because I had a meeting. But Vanessa had his clothes in her hand. He was to be dropped off in about five or 10 minutes. Of course, we're really close to our school, which is good. But she said, you have to get him dressed because I can't. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, I didn't have time to deal with resistance in that moment at all. And so what I did was met his resistance with my resistance. Uh, and I, We're good at that, right? <laughs> yes, gosh. And I overpowered him and I pretty much forced his clothes on and pulled his pajamas off and dressed him. And it was terrible. In the moment, I didn't feel good about it because he was screaming. He was using all the tools that, you know, we, because of my profession, like we do, <laughs> we've had him on a feelings chart since he could talk. So he knows how to identify feelings and ask for space and set boundaries. He was doing all that. He was like, daddy, I need space. I need space. He was, I feel sad. I feel sad. I feel fear. And I just kept power and food because in my mind, I was responding out of stress. I didn't know it at the time, but I was like, I got to get this done and get it done now. It was not my best parenting moment, I can say, because I was watching the little panic on his face and I was forcing him. And, and then uh, he started kicking and, hit, kicking and hitting. And I, so I picked him up, threw him over my shoulder. I carried him in our room and put him in a chair that would be kind of a safe space. And normal, and so then I kind of, I had regulated a little bit. And so I thought, well, I'm going to help him get regulated. And I've got a lot of tools that sometimes are successful, sometimes not with regulating our babies. And I went to all of them. You know, I was like, I find my eyes and, and, or let's breathe. Let's take a deep breath. 
I even was doing tapping. I was like, let's do, let's do a little therapy. <laughs> Every <laughs> trick in the book. Do a little bilateral stimulation right here. And nothing was working. He would not regulate. His nervous system was so activated. He was so upset. And then finally, I just took a step back and reset my approach. And I just said, buddy, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I mishandled. I mishandled this. This is not how I would like to support you when you're feeling frustrated is for me to get frustrated. And his little shoulders dropped. He immediately got regulated. He looked at me and made eye contact. And he said, when I said it, it was almost like you didn't believe it. He said, what? And I told him again, I repeated it. And, uh, and I just, you know, I was thinking about, but he, he said, thank you. (laughs) That's all he wanted to hear. He wanted oh to be his experience to be validated and he regulated and he walked out the door different. He walked straight out the door, got in the car and went to school. And uh, it was so validating for me to recognize that, yes, it's not about the rip in relationships. It's about the repair. We say that on cell time. We repair pretty good with one another. I didn't realize it would have that kind of impact on a four-year-old, mm. that he would actually be able to assimilate that information, understand it, and it have an impact on him. And man, Boy, did it. And so I share that story because I feel like if we can go into the holidays and we're ramped up in anticipation of challenging and diverse relationships, but keep in mind when you go into them, most of us are feeling a little bit challenged with ourselves right now, whether we know it or whether it's unconscious, because we've been going through a lot of stressful circumstances. So if we go into it and we're feeling that there's something wrong inside of us, then we're going to look through the filter and see more of what's wrong with the people across from us, especially those closest to us. So come into it knowing that more than likely this holiday season, we're going to have our radar up to see what's wrong with the people we love. And I think when you know that, you can kind of take a step back, reset your reality, reconnect to an empathetic and graceful position and say, guess what? They're going to be human. And I may notice that, but it doesn't mean I have to meet it with my own discomfort or resistance. And so I think I'm going to go into the holiday season this year with more humility, more of a graceful disposition, because I know what we've all been navigating. And I'm actually going to try to enjoy it. I'm going to try to sideline some of the angst that I've got about our family system, not being the perfect family system, and lean into a bit more of a joyful moment. And when we do hit bumps, I'm going to hopefully step back and engage with those like I did with my son this morning. Mm. I could not have said that better. I I know we have no more questions. Interview over. That is just... (laughs) Gosh, that was amazing. I wish we could sit like in a a full day's worth of on-site. I know. Because I always love chatting with you guys. But I do want to ask just one question because I really love your kids so much. And they're always so fun and funny. But what's something funny or just sweet that Maverick and or Birdie has done recently? Birdie did did something really sweet this morning that I just remembered while you were talking. She said she, she loves to have tea parties with me and she'll walk in and her personality is just really blooming right now. And she comes in and says, mommy, would you like to have a tea party with me? And I said, sure, I'd love to have a tea party with you. So we go in and she's already got the water in the thing and, you know, and she's pouring it for me and she gave me the cup and wanted to do cheers and we did cheers. And I got distracted by something real quick. So she took my face 
like she leaned up and took my face and went like that. And I was afraid she was going to like knock my stitches. So I kind of like got frustrated for a second. And then she just stopped and looked at me and went, I love you so much, mommy. And I was like, (laughs) and I thought that's what she wanted to do. She was trying to get my attention to tell me that, but it was the sweetest little (laughs) thing. I love you guys so much. And I feel like just like at onsite, I, this is almost like therapy for me listening to your stories because I was like, Oh my gosh, I just learned so much through that. And I'm, I'm going to apply different things now. And, and you made me aware of things in my life that I need to, to work on. So thank you. And I just (laughs) love this conversation with you guys. Let's definitely get the kids together for another pancake breakfast soon. Yes. And let's plan another adult trip. Yeah. Yes. That's a boundary, right? <laughs> <laughs> <Anyhow>. <laughs> it's an interesting way to look at it, but hey, we'll go with that. So let's do it. Let's set some boundaries. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love you guys. So you are just the best. And Jessica, I'd love to sit with you. Oh, anytime. I will help you. Like that is my wheelhouse. Okay. And hundred percent anytime okay right here because yeah. I can promise you I can help you with that because I think that that fear of passing it down to our kids is just consuming and there's nothing we do more in life than feed right we feed them all day every day and so I've got some really good tips and tricks for you you guys thanks for doing this yes seriously thank you so much and it's so nice to meet you I feel like I sat down in the living room and had a really nice conversation with you guys Thanks so much for listening. We hope you found something meaningful from this episode. Please follow the show, rate, and don't hesitate to write a little review. We also have a voicemail box you can call to ask us any questions, tell us the topics you'd like covered, or just share where you're struggling and how you could use some extra support. Call 833-444-FULL or 833-444-3855. We want to hear from you. And tune in every Monday for a new episode of Meaningful Living. And if you're looking for more ways to live a meaningful life, follow us on Instagram at Meaningful Living and visit our website, MeaningfulLiving.com. And don't forget with two L's. Can't wait to see you next week.